You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to go to Luke. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 9. Boy, it's a good day. It's a good day. Let's pray before we jump into this, because we do have some work to do. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it is alive, that it's active, that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. We don't just say that lightly. We, we know what that means. That means as we gather over it and your Holy Spirit is present here, that you can divide us to our very core, meaning the things that we have set up as truths, the things that we have set up as, yep, that's how it is, and all of a sudden your Holy Spirit and your word come in and go, we need to talk about that. So, Father, I pray that our ears are open today, our hearts are receptive, and our knees are weak, so that when you call us to repent, maybe of an action that's not of the kingdom, that we would not be stubborn and bullheaded, but yet we would be flexible and say, you know what? Your will be done and not mine. Father, we honor you today. We thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Well, last week, how many of you were here last week? Okay, good. Cruiser, come get this, please. Please don't finish it. I'm going to eat this later. Thanks, buddy. Told you it wasn't the time to eat that. If you were here last week, we kind of started something, and I'm going to finish it today. We began to talk about, uh, and, and the, the message the title last week was, What Am I Sending Into Tomorrow? And basically, the entire premise of the message was basically not being a captive of the day, meaning not being a captive of, of this moment and being bogged down by the concerns of the day and having our eyes focused on that which is temporal and not eternal. And, and we talked about that, that we as believers or as just creations of God, we are designed to be moving forward. In fact, we were designed to be led. Like, we, it was in our DNA to have something in front of us, God in front of us, drawing us forward. And we were designed to walk that way, always going forward. And Christ knew this. And so when you see Jesus talking uh, back in Matthew last week, when he said, listen, if you, what you're going to send in tomorrow, because you're going to, your thoughts are going to go that direction. What I'm telling you not to do is don't send worry. Don't send worry into tomorrow because it's fruitless. We don't, don't send worry. I know you're going to send thoughts, but don't send thoughts of worry. In fact, what will that gain you? What will that gain you to, to project out an image of yourself in lack? So you worry about today and never move forward. See, the goal of the enemy, the goal of the enemy is to take a believer and make them stop in their tracks. Whether they can get us off, whether the enemy can get us into moral sin, whether the enemy can get us into worry and anxiety. But we also saw last week that if the enemy cannot get to us through worry and anxiousness, and we're like, nope, we got that. Then what he does is he goes, I'll make you just turn your eyes to the cares of the day. And we will be captives of the moment. We talked about that. We talked about that, that, that there is a, 
there's an inherent, uh, inherent uh, problem with believers being captive of the moment. Meaning how, how we go from having a Monday become Tuesday and a Tuesday become Wednesday and a Wednesday becoming Thursday and a week becoming a month and a month becoming a year. And we look back and the only thing that's ever changed is the calendar, right? And maybe our waistline, right? That's it. It's the only thing that's changed. And God says, listen, I've not called you to just be a captive of the moment. I've not called you to be a captive person of the day. I've called you to constantly fix your eyes on that not which is temporal, but that which is eternal, which forces us as believers to walk forward. Now, and we say, okay, well, I got that, Pastor Chris. I, I, I've got that. So, so those are the two tricks. Okay, I will watch out for that. I will watch out for when the enemy tries to stop me in my tracks with mortal sin, mortal sin, with, with uh, worry and anxiousness, or just distractions of the day. Got it. But the reality of it is, I want to touch on something today that I think we don't talk about enough. And one of the greatest weapons of the enemy, if he can't get us caught up in the moral sin, if he can't get us caught up in anxiousness, if he can't get us focused on the day, the very thing that he will do to get you to stop in your tracks is to get you to focus on your victories. Well, come on, man, that's not fair. I mean, haven't we been through enough in the last year and a half? I mean, how many of you have been through some stuff in the last year and a half? Yeah, it's called life. And just so you know, if we weren't going through a pandemic, you do realize that life would still be happening, right? It's not, it's not if, it's just when. And so I know you'd say, well, Pastor Chris, come on, man. It's Pancake Sunday. Everybody's happy. Our bellies are full. Let's, let, us, let us just hang on to these victories, man. Let us, let us just hang on and revel in the things that God has done in us. And let us hang on to those things. And I'm here to tell you that one of the lures of the enemy, one of the most seductive elements that the enemy can throw at you to stop you in your tracks is to deal with you and make you focus on a victory even in God. So let's take a look at this. I want you to go to Luke with me, all right? Let's just set the stage here. Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 9. And we'll just read and we'll kind of dig this out. Are you with me? Okay. When Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them the power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. This is just a side note. This is just doctrinally. The Holy Spirit has not come. Jesus is deciding in this moment to empower his believers. He is making a choice to do this so they can go do a task. We in the church age have the Holy Spirit. I don't have to give you the Holy Spirit. You don't have, it's not just for me and I'm the one that's empowered. It is open to to all of us. I just want you to understand that, okay? A little quick teaching moment there. Verse 2, and it says this, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. This is a big deal. Like, think about this. I want you to grab this picture here. Jesus has been doing these works of God, and he's been doing these miracles, and at this time, Jesus is going to go, I'm going to chill for a bit. I'm going to empower you to go do what you've seen me do. It's now your job. These are, again, don't forget this. These are not holy men. He found them in tax collector's booths. He found them on boats and in fishermen's. These are just guys. And Jesus is going to go, I am now giving you the authority to do what I've called you to do. And this is what happens. He says this in verse 3. And he told them, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. 
right? It's exactly how I pack when I go to the beach, right? I just, I just need some swim trunks and a fishing pole, right? And it says, whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that town. If the people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. And so they went out from the villages. They went from village to village proclaiming the good news and healing people everywhere. That's a victory, isn't it? When you consider that a victory, Jesus giving them a task. He says, this is what I've called you to do. This is what I'm requiring of you to do. And also, do you notice something in this dialogue? There is no dialogue. Meaning Jesus is saying, this is what I've called you to do. And the guys don't pull a Moses and go, but, but I am, and I got a stutter, and I got this, and I don't know. They were like, okay. And they just went. Like they didn't push back against him. They just went and did and accomplished that what Jesus had called them to do. It, this would be a spiritual victory in the kingdom. In fact, let's look at that. It jumps down to verse 10, and I'm going to prove to you that this was a victory. But something's going to happen here in just a second. It says in verse 10, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. Then he took them with them, and he withdrew themselves uh, to a town. But the crowds, again, so they, they were all gathered together. I need you to see this picture. Sometimes we read the word, and we miss the fact that these are real men in real situations doing real things. Can you imagine? Just, just I know we've all lost imagination, right? The, the Internet has taken this from us. But use your imagination. Be these guys. They have been sent out to heal the sick, meaning they walked out. And when a leper came to them and they prayed for him and they cast that thing out of him, it went. Leprosy and deaf ears and blind eyes are open. Do you think they just came back to him and like, hey, it went well. That's it. No way. I could just see these guys coming back from the towns going, man, you're not going to believe this, dude. Like, you're not going to believe just what happened. Yeah, there was this guy, and he was, like, freaking out. And I was like, hey, you go. And it went. And this guy couldn't hear. And I was like, can you hear? No, I can't. Now you can't. And he could. And it was amazing. And I talked to him. Like, can you imagine having these stories? Like, they're just reveling in this thing. They're, they're telling Jesus about this. There's a group of guys. Guys, listen, I've seen guys gather together when they catch like a, like a one-and-a-half-pound bass, and they're talking it up like it's the greatest thing in the world. Can you imagine these stories? Like, they're just going crazy about this. They're, they're having a moment with Christ, and it's good. But something happens in the midst of this. A crowd shows up. A crowd shows up. And then Jesus is going to use this crowd to test them. Well, that doesn't seem fair. They just got back from doing all this thing. They just got back from accomplishing the very thing that Jesus had called them to. And now a, a crowd's going to show up, and they're going to be tested in this moment. Can't they just revel in this moment for a little bit? Because Jesus, the guys are going to look at him and go, they're telling stories, and this crowd is gathering. And you know how these guys have dealt with crowds before. They've tried to silence them. They're like, okay, back up. Okay, give us room. You know, I mean, they're doing that, right? And they just get back from this journey. They're focused on themselves, what they've done, what they've accomplished, everything that God has done. And now this crowd is showing up basically to interrupt their excitement. And so the crowd or the disciples look at Jesus and say, hey man, send them all away. Send these guys away. Let them get food in another town. And then here comes the test. Jesus looks at him and says what? What does he say to them? I'll wait. You guys should know this. You do what? 
Yes, you give them pancakes, right? You give them pancakes. And I love the response. Follow me on this. Jesus, when he tells the guys in the passages right before this, in 9 through through 10 or 9 through 8, and he says, I'm going to send you out, and you're going to heal the sick, and you're going to do great works. They give no pushback. There's no discussion. There's no nothing. They just go and do. And all of a sudden, they come back, and they're reveling in a victory, and Jesus goes, you do something supernatural. He's testing them, are you still looking at this in the eyes of faith. So there's a test that's happening. And all of a sudden, the guys look back at him, and instead of being the same guys that when Jesus said, I'm going to empower you to do the works that you've seen me do, instead of them responding and going, yeah, let's figure this out. We don't have enough, but man, we didn't have enough when we went out there. I didn't have sandals. I didn't have bread. I didn't have anything. And you did something out now. So if you did that out there, then surely you can do it here. But all of a sudden, their mentality switched. Their mentality switched from there's enough out there and he did it out there. But now I just want to stay in this moment. I just want to stay in this victory. And I love their response. He replies to them in verse 13. He replied, you give them something to eat. And I love this. This is such a guy's response. They answered, we only have like five loaves and a, and a, and a couple of bread, a, a, a cup, five loaves of bread and two fish, unless, I love this, unless we go buy food for all this crowd, because it's 5,000. I love that. I love that their response is to give Jesus a natural response, almost like, well, we'll do this, but you know what it'll cost. Think about that. They're reveling in this moment of victory. They're reveling in this moment of excitement. And Jesus, in the midst of their victory dance, in the midst of their moment of, yes, look at God, look what we accomplished. He's going to test you again. It ain't over yet. And the guys say, well, I, I, I want to just stay in this moment. I, and then when Jesus says, I'm requiring of you to see this through the eyes of faith, they look at him and go, you know what, fine. We'll, we'll do that, but you know what it's going to cost us. Almost, I mean, that, I, I, can, I can literally hear guys saying those words. I, I've said those kind of things to my wife when I don't want to do something, right? I give her the big, well, fine, if you want me to do that, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost everything we have, right? We're going to have to sell a child to accomplish what you've just asked. And if you want to, you pick the child. But I'll do it if you want to pick the child. Fine, that's fine. I just want to stay in this moment. I want you to see this, guys. I want you to see this. I need you to see this. The enemy, if he cannot get us to focus on worry, cannot get us to focus on the fears of the day, the concerns of the day, he will use victories, even victories that God designed to keep us from moving forward. He will keep us wanting to go, I need to just stay here. I just want to stay here here in this moment. I've got stories to tell. I've got testimony. I'm excited about this. And so let's make this very practical. I want you to do me a, a favor. Go, and, and I'll just give you some felt board ver- verses for just this. Go to Hebrews chapter 12. Ryan, will you help me out here? Can you set these up almost like hurdles for me, crew? Can you help? I want to make this very practical to us. Give you a visual on this. Is that all right? No, no, that's perfect. That's fine. That's perfect, guys. Thank you, guys. 
I want you to see this, and I need you to understand what I'm talking about with this, because some of us, this is going to start making a lot of sense in just a moment here. In Hebrews chapter 12, will you go there with me? In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3, what does it say? It says that we should throw off the sin that so easily entangles and do what? Run the race that's what? Marked out for us, right? Marked out for us. See, here's our issue. Our issue is this when it comes to our, our experience with Christ. The reality of it is we look at everything. We, we look at the hurdles that we, are, are, that we are headed to as finish lines. See, what we do is this. God begins to deal with us about something. God begins to call us out of something. God begins to work something in us and work something out. And we view that as that must be the finish line. That must be it. So I'm going to run this race. I'm going to run it, and I'm going to cross this finish line. Yes, I made it. Yes, I crossed it. I'm, I nailed it. I finally, have a, I finally created a Bible study. I'm actually reading my Bible every day. Man, that's a win. Or maybe I, I finally did it. I finally just got kind of buckled down and said, you know what? I am going to pray. I am going to communicate with the creator of the universe who wants to communicate with me. I'm going to do that on a daily basis. Yes, I nailed it. It's a victory. I just want to stand here and tell everybody about it. The only problem is, is God goes, that's not the finish line. That was just a hurdle. And the problem is, is we want to stay in this moment and scream this from the mountaintops and post this on Facebook and talk to this about everybody. There are people that are still sharing the first hurdle that they ever crossed back from 1942 and have never moved forward because they're so excited. Can't I just stay here? Can't I just stay here in this testimony? Can't I just stay here in what God's done? And he did. He did do something in my life. He did an amazing thing. But this isn't the goal. In fact, if you look at Philippians, in fact, go there for me real quick. In Philippians chapter 3, it says this. Come on, this, this is, I'm giving us some easy stuff today. Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12, says this. This is Paul saying, not that I have already have obtained this or, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, and I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So, so if the goal is to not just get me past this hurdle, then what is my goal? See, the goal of this is not these. We see these as races. These are not races. This is not a finish line. This is just the race marked out for us. You follow me on this? And the good thing and the mercy and the goodness of God usually deals with us one hurdle at a time, yet we look at it as one finish line. I'm so thankful. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't seemingly deal with you about every issue you've got at the same time? Like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. You need to pray. I get terrified when I hear people just say, God, break me on everything. I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. He hears that stuff. He hears that. I'm like, God, can we just go, like, one, like, if you're going to put your hand on me, can we just do, like, one finger at a time? Just, like, one, because that's all about I can handle right now. Right? I don't need, I know there's a lot of stuff going on in here, but let's just deal with one thing at a time. The only problem is, is when I actually deal with that one thing, and I feel like I've, I, I've got my victory dance going on. Yes! 
Yes, I made it. I made it. You know what? Maybe this is a huge one. Maybe this was, man, you know what? I had an addiction in my life, and God broke that off of me, and he told me to submit to him, and I did, and I crossed that line. Yes, it's over. I've won. And all of a sudden, you turn around, and there's another test standing right there. And the next test looks like this. Now that you've crossed that line, now I need you to go apologize to those that you have offended along the way and hurt along the way. What? No! Yay! Yay! This is awesome. Look what God did here. Look what God did. No, no, no. I need you to go and apologize to people. I need you to go ask them to ask for forgiveness. I need you to go humble yourself. Because you've hurt some people along the way, and, and I got you past that, but this is the next piece. See, the goal isn't to just get you past a hurdle. The goal is to get you looking more like Christ because your race is not about you. It's to look like him and not confuse people. And so you are constantly having things worked in you and out of you, not for your sake as if you've got some victory to brag on. No, you are running this race and God is working these things out of you so that you can be more like him. But the second we take these ownership of these victories of our own, and let's just stay here, self-righteousness creeps in, non-movement creeps in. I'm still telling testimonies, and testimonies are not bad. Testimonies are great. We overcome by our testimony. But if you're living in a testimony from 1942, and you have never moved to the next test, you are in sin. Let's just call it what it is. Because you were not designed to stop there. If you have breath in your lungs, he has called you to move forward. It is great to celebrate a moment, a victory in God. But I guarantee you, you turn around and there will be another test right there. But we don't want that. That doesn't seem fair. Send them all away. I just want to stay here. No, no, no. I know the crowd's here. I know all that stuff. You probably got some God stuff lined up for me. But you know what? Can you just send them away? Can't let them get food on their own. I just want to, man, I just came back from a mission trip and, and we prayed for people and, and people got healed and it was amazing. I just want to stay here. Yeah, but, but now I'm calling you to a deeper walk with me. Now I'm calling you to serve those, maybe not in a foreign land, but maybe in your family. Oh, no, victory, <laughs> right? The people in the foreign land deserve my servanthood and deserve my love and deserve my respect. My family, not so much. I'll just stay back in this victory and post about this on Facebook for the next 20 years and live in this victory. The enemy can keep us trapped with many things. He does not fight fair. He will use our failings, and he will use our victories. If the church stops, we lose. Did you hear what I just said? If the church stops, we lose. I don't care how cool your testimony is. I am so thankful that God has worked in you. You know what? Uh, maybe you're in this place, and you're like, man, 
I have. Uh, God, God's finally got me over this hurdle, man. We've, we, our marriage, we've worked through our marriage, and, and it's been good. Okay, well, now I need you to start. Yeah, you got past that rough passion. You figured out that problem between you and your bride. But now I need you to, as a husband, actually serve your wife. I need you to love her as Christ loved the church. I need you to wash her worth the word. I need you to do those things. No. I, and I love the response of the guys because I can just hear me. You know what that's going to happen. If I try that, I've never done that before. If I try that, she's not going to think it's real. She's not going to think it's worthy. Can't I just stay back here and us have a happy marriage and whatever this space is? No, I've called you forward. Are you following me on this? The enemy will keep you at whatever you consider is the finish line. And when you define the finish line as the things that he has worked in you and worked out of you, you've missed the point of Christ. You've missed the end goal of, I'm fixing my eyes on the author and the perfecter of my faith. And the author and perfecter of my faith, once I get past this, there's going to be another one. And I'm going to have to serve somebody I don't want to serve. I'm going to have to love somebody that I don't feel like is worthy. I'm going to have to do things I don't want to do. But you know what? I'm going to work through that. I'm going to serve you, God. I'm going to submit to your lordship. I'm going to pass this. I'm going to celebrate. And the second I turn around, there's going to be another one. That is not fair. This isn't about us. This isn't about us. This walk, listen to what I'm about to say. Please. Please, Christian, stop believing that this walk is about making you into the best version of you. Stop it. That is confusing and unbiblical. You are not called to be the best version. He is not working these things in you and out of you to make you the best version of you. He is working these things in and out of you so you are the best version and representation of the one that you follow after. Because the best version of you has nothing to offer to a broken man. Nothing. On your bet, your most, if you project out all these things and you get to the finish line, whatever you think is the perfect version of you, you still have nothing to offer a broken world other than moral good choices, maybe some good decisions along the way, some financial advice, some marital advice, but you have nothing that will point them to salvation. Nothing. The goal is to not make you the best version of you. The goal is to make you the best version of the Christ in you. This is why we are running this race. But do you see how the enemy, if I can't get you with worry, if I can't get you to focus on the fears of the day, I'll get you in your victories. I'll get you in your victories. Church, we don't talk about this enough because these things, these kind of things, you know what these are good with? These are good at bringing people up and going, hey, tell that story about, you know, back in 1902 when God did that thing and worked. Well, let me tell you, this is what happened. And it's great, and we love that, and we cheer those things. Yes, go, God. But if you really scraped away and you go, have you moved forward from that? Have you moved into the things that God's called you from? The, the reason he worked that thing in you, the reason he did that thing in you, have you worked forward at all? No, I'm still stuck there. Well, then you're in sin and you need to repent. Just as much as if you were in worry or fear and anxiety or if you were caught up in the cares of the day, you are in sin and you need to repent. Pastor Chris, it's Pancake Sunday. Be nice. No, 
I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to wake us up to the fact that we've got to be moving forward. You were designed to move forward. The church of God was designed to move forward. Not to celebrate in victories that happen along the way because our victory is not found in this earth. Our victory is Christ. And so no matter what hurdle he's called me to do, whether I feel like it's unfair or not, or whether I, I will celebrate the moment. I will celebrate this. I will not brag about it because what am I going to do, boast about this? I couldn't have done this on my own. So I will boast in Christ, but I will then make sure that I am constantly turning and going, but my eyes are still on you. Call me forward. Whatever you have, whatever seems unfair, I'll run to you. I don't care what this thing next is. I'll do it. You want me to humble myself? Fine. Fine. My eyes are fixed on you because you are the victory. You are the author and the perfecter of my race. This is just the race marked out. Let me run this race. Let me run this race with my eyes fixed on you for the sole purpose of revealing you. Does this make sense today? Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. I do. Father, I declare right now that Freedom Church, we will not be a stagnant church. We will not be stagnant. We will not be stuck in our victories. We will not be stuck in worry. We will not be stuck in the cares of the day. This church will have our eyes fixed on you and running forward no matter the cost, no matter what seems fair. Father, that, that prayer alone is going to require the individuals of this community to repent and to focus on you. Father, I pray that that take place. Father, convict our hearts, me, everybody in this room, from me to every child in this building, convict us. Convict us unto life. Convict us so that we see the schemes of the enemy, call them out, and run forward. Father, I thank you for it. Father, we pray like you told us to pray. We want to see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we want to be a part of that. I thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.